This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Dave, I know you're a rocker. I am. In fact, I, I do the, what is this? Is this the the devil's horn or what is the yeah, rock and roll? horns. Yeah, yeah, right. Whatever the rock. The rock uh, so last night I went to see the Scorpions. Really? Which, you know, they're my lunch. Dieter one. and yeah. Klaus and Klaus. Hello, it's Klaus <laughs> from the Scorpions. <laughs> Hello, Chicago. <laughs> um, but, Try the strudel. <laughs> You know what I've observed now? You know, I love rock and roll. I go to concerts yeah. all the time, uh-huh. and and I love all. And kinds at your of rock age, rock. that's actually a pretty. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm I'm pushing sixty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like all kinds of rock and roll. Uh-huh. You know, I like you know some. I like where were soft the scores? Rocks. They were at the Allstate Arena. Okay. Um, all the way through hard rock, you know, through heavy metal. Mm-hmm. I used to like some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Scorpions, I think, would qualify as... Yeah, that's... Yeah. They're like heavy metal light. Right. right. Not the... Yeah. The, but here's what I've noticed. As these rock stars are getting older, mm-hmm. some genres seem more appropriate recreating when you're in your 70s okay. than others. Okay. And would heavy metal be one of those? I would say that it would be. Uh, really? Because when you go up there and you've got like four guys at the edge of the stage all doing the uh, the guitars, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, back and forth, like down and up. Yeah, and, you, know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right. you could still do that when you With you're, their tongues. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <You know? laughs> it just... It just <laughs> It just doesn't work anymore, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like them. They're a great band. Don't get me wrong. Klaus, Rudy, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Matthias Japs, yeah, yeah. Hermann, Rarebell, yeah, yeah. all those guys. Do they go, this is our ninth song for my ninth album? <laughs> Nine? <laughs> so let me ask you. The, yeah, you all know this one. Winds of Change. <laughs> uh, um, so if you had to venture a guess, the gender makeup of the crowd. I'd say... The biggest surprise to me yeah. was uh, there were probably 28% women there. Okay. That's actually... It's, 28's pretty... It's a lot more than a Who show. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> the Who show, there's like eight women <laughs> in the entire Michelle crowd. Michelle loves going to Who shows. No no wait for the bathroom or anything. <laughs> uh, anyway, we, we got a show to do. Oh, we got a uh, Yes, oh that's right. Uh, Minutia Man is up next. But first, listen to this other fine old pie show. All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to free kicks with adam and rick and that's on the radio misfits podcast network free kicks a tony lasano podcast an opi show on the radio misfits podcast network great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com the following is a tony lasano podcast an opi production on the radio misfits podcast network this is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Didn't we see the Scorpions? Were they in Peoria yeah. in the 80s? Was it Peoria or was it... No, it was in Champagne. Was it in yeah. Champagne? Was yeah, we saw them? them. Yep. In fact, I went backstage and met them. Right. And you they, spoke German. I spoke German. And they didn't even notice, right? They didn't even notice. Because, <laughs> you know, that's... that's yeah. The Stangers! Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're in Champagne, Urbana. Why are we Deutsch? 
<laughs> All right, so All right, well, we got a big yeah. show. And, yes. and speaking of Deutsch, uh, uh-huh. we haven't queued up the Nazi jingle in a while, have we? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Schnell, Schnell, uh, do the jingle. Uh, yes, you wanted to go right to that, didn't you? Yeah. You know, um, the show notes mean nothing to you. Yes. All right, here we go. Right. Oh! Did Dave really find another story about Nazis? Hey! Another one? I forgot. I forgot you needed that. Sorry. Uh, after 83 years, Poland demands $1.3 trillion in war reparations for Germany for WW2. That's World War II. Come on. Yeah. Poland's top politician said Thursday that the government will seek the equivalent of some $1.3 trillion in reparations for what, what the Nazis, the shenanigans the Nazis did back, you know. 83 years ago, Jaroslaw Kaczynski, leader of the Law and Justice Party, announced the huge claim at uh, the release of a long-awaited report. I imagine a very long. <laughs> right, right. I imagine, imagine the Germans really weren't waiting for this report on the cost to the country of years of Nazi occupation, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and because September 1st was the 83rd anniversary. Okay, I that see. was yes. what the thing is. Right, and, um, and everyone knows the traditional 83rd anniversary <laughs> is, the, is, is huge. The, is the reparations right, one? Right. What is that? Is that the more? What what ten is the doily right? Fifteen <laughs> is the mortar. What is eighty three? Yeah. Um, so this is what the fortieth is the Schweinebraten. <laughs> the Gleigenglubin yeah. is. So uh, Kaczynski says that we are not. We not only prepared the report, but we have also taken the decision as to further steps. It's been over eight decades, and we need to reconcile this affair. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's what I want to know. And I'm just, you know, I am not, I'm not pro-German here or pro-Nazi here. Okay. And I'm not taking sides, but I'm wondering, did Poland ever send Germany the invoice? Well, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you know, it kind of sounds like they may have just realized that they never sent the invoice. Right. And really, what's the world coming to when you can't even invade a neighboring country anymore? Right. Uh, I mean, I hope Mexico doesn't read about this. <laughs> you Canada, know what I mean? Or Canada. Um, so I'm envisioning like the comptroller. There's like a new comptroller there. And he goes, hey, Magnet, you sent the uh, you sent the invoice to Germany for WW2, didn't you? Uh, no, that was Kasha's. Kasha was supposed to send the invoice. Uh, and if they did send an invoice... Uh-huh. What have their accounts receivable people been doing for 83 years? Oh, my God. Right? Their books are up 1.3 trillion off. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't want invoices to drift over 60 days, <laughs> let alone 30,000 days, right? Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, this is uh, this is Danuta uh, in accounts payable. I want to talk about invoice number 1939. Uh, so yeah, uh, The Krakow uh, office <laughs> is awaiting uh, payment. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if Germany's pulling the... You know what? I don't think we got the invoice. Can you have Clay fax it again? Okay. You didn't, wait, you didn't get that fa- check? You, <laughs> yeah, right. We sent that check years right, ago. It, right. In 1942, we sent yeah, that well, check. Yeah, really- I got a canceled check here. Let me, I'll fa- I'll give it back to you. Now, I'll grant you a Deutschmark, you know, a million Deutschmarks was worth a loaf of bread at <laughs> yeah, the time. Right. So but, that they could they could pay yeah. in bread. Um, and, and the final, final thing that I want to mention is, do you remember what happened the last time we hit Germany with a big reparations bill? It basically started with another world war. Oh, you know, with that's the, true. The Treaty of Versailles. Yeah. So I'm saying, wow, Paul, you're very historically accurate today. It's amazing what the Internet in 15 minutes before the show <laughs> could do for you. Uh, but I'm just I'm just urging Poland. You know, it seems like these are 
internal processes that you have a problem with, uh-huh. and it's not Germany's fault. All right. And when, I just like to say on behalf of the show that we were not in favor of the Nazis <laughs> no, in any way, we shape, or form. But we, but we are in favor of good accounting practices, it's and Poland just bit. doesn't. It's a bit. Oh! Did Dave really find another story about Nazis? Another one? He did. All right. I've got a story mm-hmm. for you. This one is about animals. And everyone loves animals. <laughs> Authorities in the Canadian capital of Ottawa came to the rescue of a skunk spotted wandering in traffic with a peanut butter jar stuck over his head. Poor thing. Ottawa Bylaw and Regulatory Services, the municipal government branch responsible for enforcing the bylaws, including animal control services, said in a Twitter thread that an officer spotted the skunk wandering in a road with its head stuck in a jar. Yeah, headquarters. This is uh, this here's Officer Smiley. We we have a 3750 here on Main Street. Skunk wandering around with head stuck in peanut butter jar. Request backup. Negatory, Officer Smiley. You're going to need to extract that jar from the skunk's face. Ten four. <laughs> <laughs> you're breaking up headquarters. I thought you said. <laughs> I mean, just to, anyway. I thought it was amazing that this next sentence was just included in the article, yeah. just without anything else. Uh, the officer was carefully able to remove the container without getting sprayed. That's insane. <laughs> so I want that guy way more details <laughs> on that, how he was able to do it. Even ima- just imagine approaching it. Yeah. Like what, what's your first step? Well, skunks are mean. Oh too. my God. Yeah, yeah. They, they spray. Yeah. Right. So you can't go head on and you can't go from behind. How do you first, how do you, well, how he, do you do it? He taught, he, he took like the, what kind of you know? He took the phil- philosophical pressure, Mister Skunky. You know, um, I see that you have a bottle on your head. Uh, what can I do for you? You know, you seem to be in distress. Let's, how does this make you feel? Yeah. Well, I'm just happy it was in the English speaking part of Canada, and not the French speaking right. part. Well, Pepe Le Pew, right? Well, keep your guard up, Cherie. Hello, young lover, whoever you are. I am Pepe Le Pew. Everyone should have a hobby, don't you think? Man is making love. You are a girl, I am a boy. We have all that in common, darling. Mm, Seems like Peppy's a little. Uh, <laughs> she is not responding. You may call me streetcar because of my desire for. Kind of a predator. <laughs> I, I never realized that Peppy Le Pew was so just. Those last. are unwelcome advances, young man. <laughs> so just a few, just a few, like last week or the week before, um, Wes. You know our yeah. wonderful little mini poodle. He has realized that when the kids eat in the living room. Uh-huh. And when I say kids, they're, you know, juniors in high school, right? right? There's a trail of crap. Yes, that, exactly. That so, and when they eat, the kids eat on the couch all the time. Of course, they're not allowed to, of but course, they do anyway. against the rules. So, Wes, Wes has had a little come up, and as soon as they leave, he jumps right on the couch uh-huh. and starts burying his head, you know, in the cushions to yeah. try to find food. And then two weeks ago, he got his little head, like, Aww. I don't think it was really stuck, but he didn't know how to back out of it and then all you see is his little butt <laughs> shaking and this muffle bark <laughs> so that so that reminds me of the thing hey we got a review okay uh this is from chunch the great chunch on apple podcast and a sea of podcasts 
Minutia Men is an island unto itself. The podcast has heart, humor, and tons of great content. I'm, I'm in character here for Crunch wow. the Great. Hosted by two hosts that are genuinely interested in their guests and what they have to say. A breath of fresh air and worth your time. Subscribe now. You know what? And that's great advice, everybody. That's, that's way too nice. Everybody, you can subscribe now. And you can subscribe where, Rick? You can subscribe. Well, you can rate us. You can review us. You can follow us um, if you like if you like Minutia Men, and who doesn't, <laughs> then be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You can pick out your favorite new show at opishows.com. Remember, opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H-Shows.com. Time for another feature. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. So this is the part of the show where we uh, dip into the 40 years of uh, Rick and Dave archives. And uh, I got to tell you, uh, pretty excited to share this one Mm -hmm. because our good buddy James Finn Garner had a birthday this week. Number one uh, New York York Times Times best-selling author, author of politically correct bedtime stories. Politically incorrect. Oh, politically correct. Politically right. correct. I wrote yes. the politically incorrect, and <laughs> yes. it didn't do so. No, well. I think the originals <laughs> <right>. were politically <laughs> right. incorrect. Right. Anyway, he, uh, I, I found a little portion of the interview that we did with mm-hmm. him, where he talks about uh, the day he saw the the cover of the German oh, yeah. Yeah. version of his book. We've and got a very German centric uh, show. <laughs> I didn't today. even know you yeah. were going to do the Nazi thing, and uh, also. Uh, we talk about his Rex Coco series mm-hmm. a little bit in this uh, section, and we'll display it for you right now. I'd love um, to hear it. I met, uh, the book was published in Germany uh, soon after it came out in America, and I finally got to see the cover when I was at some like book convention or something, and I met the German publisher, and the cover has those little elves with the red hats and they're in the garden and they're 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 raking and they're carrying wheelbarrows and they're having a great old time and right up in front there's one elf with a knife in his back lying <laughs> face down in the grass. Oh my God. That's brilliant I, actually. That's awesome. And I meet I meet the German publisher and I say, Why did you do that? I don't think I killed any any there was no street fighting in my stories. I didn't kill any elves. And he just said, Oh, that's just something of a German sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the oxymoron, the German sense of humor. Uh, so anyway, as much as we love the bedtime stories, your Rex Coco series of novels combines Two genres that have never been combined before in modern times, and that's that film noir sort of uh, dialogue with, of course, I'm expecting you to fill yeah, in hello. The, uh, the other half of that. Oh, I'm sorry. I was asleep there. Uh, <laughs> film noir dialogue with people with narcolepsy. Yeah. No, uh, it's film noir with um, circus and carnival uh, subculture. A marriage made so, in heaven. It's basically um, t- it's basically taking Chinatown and shoving it full of people from Gibson, Florida, you know, <laughs> who are washed up former performers, um, bitter about being left behind. They were never nice people anyway. Yeah, you know, I'm playing off the um, in history circus people, except for Ringling Brothers. They were um, a little on the uh, fringy side of life. Yes. They were, you know, con artists and grifters and, you know, uh, they got run out of their own hometowns and, and hitched up with the circus. So I kind of played with that um, kind of world apart feeling that you have at the circus. And I shoved it full of uh, uh, gats and dames and uh, 
mm-hmm. and uh, Roscoe's and stuff like that. And it really w- resonated with me. I really thought it was a really wonderful slice of Americana to um, to exploit for this. So. Yeah. Well, well I, I personally love it. My wife is a big fan. We've read all of them. Um, and uh, well, and- so it's like. So they take place in a in a, a little part of town that you go for a cheap good time. You know, you go there for cotton candy, and you go there for an animal act or a trapeze act, and a whorehouse, and a blind pig. <laughs> and, and everybody talks yeah. like they're in double indemnity. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and what uh, you know what what's great is at your book debut or launch. I don't know what was it. Where was the one at the bookseller in Lincoln Square? You know, we always say you commit to the shtick, and you were just so brilliant at committing to the shtick. Tell the well, listeners. Well, I do, um, excuse me, I do tend to, when I sell books at conventions and in public, I dress like Rex Coco, yeah, right. Private Clown. So I've got a long overcoat with big red uh, circles on it. And for my third book, I went to a bookstore in my neighborhood, and I said, um, may I bring in some fire eaters into the bookstore for a for the book signing? And she thought and thought and she thought and she said, well, I would do it, except uh, people do live above our store. So if you catch the place on fire, they'd be out. They'd be out on the street. So I took that as a maybe. (laughs) I think that gives you a good kind of uh, view of what Jim is really like. I mean, I just love the concept of fire eaters in a bookstore. I know. He's he's a nut. He's a great guy. He's a a nut. Uh, speaking of best-selling authors, if people go check out Minishman Men's Celebrity Interview. Oh, right my God. Now, oh God. We've got the father of the legal thriller, Scott Turow. Yeah. Is, um, we just we had a great interview with him uh, until he really brought, really <laughs> what, brought the I, room down. The, the great part of that interview is there's some very serious parts yeah. and there's some very fun parts. Right. And yeah. it's a it's a like good 30-minute conversation with one of the greatest authors yeah. in America. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he was great. And if you go, uh, you want to hear the entire James Finn Garner uh, episode, that's episode number 14. All right, what do we still have coming up on the show, Dave? Uh, airdropping nudes. That's, <laughs> okay. that's my story. Uh, mine is uh, the ultimate multitasker. Oh, okay. And we've got a great story uh, from listeners uh, for our celebrity potpourri. A, a really good one. It's kind of long, but I think you're going to like it. That's coming up right after this. What do you get when you hear a celebrity minutiaman interview, Dave? Rick, think of Dan Rather and Bill Maher having a kid. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So you'll get minutia. Right. What does a Damone from Fast Times and Ridgemont High really think about the movie? Only right? one place to find out, and that's Celebrity Minutiaman Interview, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And we're back. Rick, now you're flying. You know, COVID, you were you didn't fly for a while, right? Right. I mean, yeah. So but now you're you're back, back you're back, back on track. Yeah. I mean you'll you're back to your seventeen weeks of vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you leave me in the office. I do you? like to travel, yes. Uh, well, you may wanna well here the, here's a tip for yeah. the next time you fly. I mean, here's a story that you can use um, for the next time that you fly. Southwest pilot threatened to turn the plane around and go home if passengers didn't stop airdropping nudes to each other. <laughs> a Southwest Airlines pilot piloting a plane to Cabo San Lucas uh-huh. uh, threatened to turn this plane around and involve security if a passenger didn't stop sending unsolic- unsolicited airdrop nudes of himself to passengers. 
Okay. I guess. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like that. I'll be honest. Well, <laughs> not, I mean, uh, on August 25th, TikTok, um, uh, a TikTok chronicling the incident was uploaded by Tiglor Marcellus uh-huh. and has been viewed over 2 million times. And by the grace of the internet of God, we have audio. We do. So play it. Okay. Here Please. Schnell. Go. He's doing that. So here's the deal. This continues while we're on the ground. I'm going to have to pull back to the gate. Everybody's going to have to get off. We're going to have to get security involved. And it's vacation that's going to be ruined. So you folks, whatever that airdrop thing is, quit sending naked pictures. Let's get yourself to Cabo. <laughs> Does he just? He sounds like this. I bet the guy, the 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 pilot was. I don't know, mid to late fifties. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what the hell this is, yeah. but right, you kids back there. Yeah, I'm going to turn so, this plane around. So I guess there's this is a thing. It's called cyber flashing. I don't know. I mean, yeah. uh, and it's the practice of airdropping and sending unsolicited photos to nearby strangers. And I guess with airdrop, yeah. as long as you're nearby, you can airdrop something to somebody. Something to somebody. This is a terrible idea you're giving to people. Well, yeah. now I thought of it where it could be in our benefit. Okay. okay. You ever go to a restaurant and there's a you know big wait? Yeah. Send naked pictures of yourself to everybody that's in line. They're going to lose their appetite. Yeah. They're going to run the hell out of there. And then you get your table. Yeah. Okay. Make sure your belly is sticking out. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's yeah. a, it's you a, can do, you could make a video, you know, how you used to be able to uh, spit a cherry pit into the air yeah. and land. I actually talked button. about that yesterday on a Zoom call, but go on. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> that's for another podcast. Uh, but yeah, I could, yeah, I could do this cherry pit in the belly button. Trip. Yeah. Uh, no one would eat after that. No, exactly. So we would, we could clear out every restaurant in the. So Dave, are you good at multitasking? Not really. I know that comes to a surprise to you, but not really. I'm terrible at it. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons I have a hard time talking and finding and finding the jingle at the yeah. same time. Um, last week, remember, I couldn't even drink a sip of water right. without spilling while yeah. we were yeah. while we were doing the show. I just can't do two things at once, and that's probably why I have so much respect for this story. Uh, this is from the United Press International. A Chinese puzzle enthusiast mm-hmm. broke a Guinness World Record by solving three Rubik's cubes in three minutes and twenty nine seconds. Okay, so bad. three different ones, obviously. Yeah. Okay. While juggling them, <laughs> while juggling the puzzles, he solved all three wow. of them yeah. in three minutes and thirty seconds. Wow, that is awesome. Uh, his name is Li Jiho. He broke the record for the fastest time to solve three rotating puzzle cubes because, of course, there is one. Um, now, I got to tell you that uh, it's something I can't do. I first of all, juggle. I, he, you can't he solved do the Rubik's cube. Right, you can't you can, do that. Right. Juggling. Yeah, I can't do that. Another been able, but um, doing something in less than thirty seconds, I have, I have watch it. It's a family in show. In the past, been able to do that. Uh, it's, it's a, yeah, under yeah. thirty seconds. Under thirty yeah, seconds. Yeah. No longer. Right. No longer. And I don't know if they if they still give out records for that, but uh, I I'd, I'd like to believe. I, I absolutely. <laughs> well, I would imagine in one of your you know your office is full of all these awards and stuff. Yeah. That, there's got to be one here I would somewhere. Think so I would think so. All right, time for one last feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture, collection, selection, assemblage, medley, assortment, variety. Time now for celebrity potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where people send in their uh, emails to us, uh, telling us their brushes with celebrity. And this one came in through my Facebook uh, message. Mm-hmm. 
uh, from Jonesy. Oh. Um, and and Jonesy is a little bit older than us, but uh, and needs an editor. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna. I'm gonna read it anyway, because okay? Okay. it's a great. You story. know, Eckhart's Press has some great <laughs> editors, Jonesy. They're really reasonable. We'll be happy to help. Uh, uh, it's a good. It's a good story. Uh, my dad worked for a movie production company for a few years called Mirish Productions. His job was to scout out locations for filming. In the early 60s, he was sent to Florida to scout locations for a movie called Chasing the Dream. But I was only 10 years old at the time. I had no idea where he was going. He just said it was a business trip. But during the shooting of the film, a few months later, they needed Dad again because a location suddenly wasn't available anymore. It was summertime, so Dad asked me if I wanted to come along. Um, and I did. It was Florida. He said he'd bring me on set if I was good, and I might be able to even meet the star of the oh, movie. Wow. The star of the movie, Elvis. Oh, that's a good one. I said yes. Now, before you get excited, I didn't meet Elvis. He wasn't there the day I stopped by. I met Simon Oakland, who would later go on to be in every TV show in the 70s. Look him up. You'll recognize him. I looked him up. You'd, yeah. you'd, you'd recognize this guy. He's like a character actor. Okay. He's in everything. Sure. Uh, But that's not my celebrity story. Wow. Yes. This is just getting started. (laughs) My story is that I hung out with another 10-year-old kid named Tommy on the set, whose father was also part of the crew and who also promised to give him a chance to meet Elvis. He was a fun kid to hang out with. We had a lot in common. Anyway, years later, I was watching a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame special, and Tom Petty was talking about his love of Elvis, and in the special, he said that he met Elvis when he was 10 years old on the set of the movie Chasing the Dream, which was filmed in Florida, and that his dad worked on the crew. My dad was still alive, so I called him up and asked if it was possible that it was the same kid that I hung out with that day. He said it was. Wow. Now So I never got to confirm it with Tom Petty before he died, but I'm convinced it was him. He must have met Elvis after my dad and I went back home. So in conclusion... I never met Elvis. I'm 90% sure I met Tom Petty, and I'm 100% sure I met Simon Oakland. <laughs> you know, he didn't need an. Ed- th- th- that's a perfect story. There's no editing. You you just did the, your whole publishing thing with it. I yeah. don't think that you. I, don't, I think you owe an apology to Jones. Okay, I'm sorry. I, th- I'm I think sorry, it was Jonesy. great. It's a good uh, story. Uh, it's a very uh, good story, and I certainly uh, don't have a. Tom didn't Petty we meet Tom Petty in Champagne? We did meet him, but. Yeah. Uh, we didn't meet him near Elvis. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. <laughs> All right. We mentioned uh, the Scott Turow. Yeah. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. It's uh, episode number 103. We've got some great guests coming up, we too. We do. I mean, we are really yeah. working. We're going to record one here in just a yeah. few minutes. Yeah. Um, but we have to thank everybody who put this one together for us. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. I just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Minutia Man. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? So here's the deal. This continues while we're on the ground. I'm going to have to pull back to the gate. Everybody's going to have to get off. We're going to have to get security involved. And it's vacation that's going to be ruined.